in August of 1965, I used to hang out at a wonderful place called the Old Spaghetti Factory, where they had Anchor Steam beer on draft only for many years. And I went in and ordered a beer, as I often did, and the owner said to me, Fritz, you know, the brewery's going bankrupt and they're going to close. This could be your last beer, and it's a terrible shame. And as a matter of fact, you really should go down and see it because you would like that kind of thing, and it's going to be gone. And now's your last chance. They're closing on Friday. There had been an Anchor Steam Beer Brewery in San Francisco since the mid-19th century. By the mid-1960s, it was in reduced circumstances, eking out a meager existence under a motorway flyover. I looked around, and, and it was a charming little old, uh, very poor, uh, not very clean uh, little uh, building with one person running it, literally just on its last legs. But I found it to be f intriguing that, that it was an entity and that it was a local thing. It was a real local uh, entity, and the idea of saving it appealed to me right from the beginning. The brewery could be bought cheaply enough. So Fritz made a small sacrifice. He comes from a wealthy family who make washing machines, and Fritz sold some of his shares in the family business to buy Anchor Steam. That was the easy part. It took 10 years to make the brewery viable. Fritz brewed the beer himself, worked the bottling line, made deliveries, and every one of his team was equally adaptable. Eventually, the brewery was breaking even. Why did you decide to move from under the freeway? Soon after we were uh, in the black, uh, I realized that I could do what I, uh, that I probably could do what I had always dreamed of doing, and that was to buy a building that would be our own, that we could make uh, the way we wanted it. Eventually, all the pieces did come together, and uh, yes. you got your dream. Yes, we did. We put it together, and it's a beautiful brew house. You want to, should we take, we'll take a look? Yeah. This is the brew house that we finally uh, put in that we love so much. Spectacularly beautiful breweries in the world. I think of Carlsberg in Copenhagen or Feldstrassen in Basel. Is there something about the brewing of beer that means that a brewery has to be beautiful? Well, I would I would like to think that a brew house has to be beautiful, and I don't want to find out if you could do it with a brew house that was not beautiful. It seems to me that it's that it should be beautiful. I think there's a feeling that I have learned by being in the brewing business. People want the beer to come from a good place. They hope that it comes from a good place. They want to trust the people that make the beer. Anchor Steam Beer is made by a unique and traditional process. Fermentation takes place in abnormally shallow vessels. 
These helped cool the brew in the days before refrigeration. In the heat of California, brewers improvised this method, which enabled them to use lager yeasts at temperatures more suitable for the fermentation of ale. The beer has so much natural carbonation that the casks were said to steam when they were tapped. This is Anchor Steam Beer. It's a firm-bodied beer with a clean maltiness and especially a very assertive hop character. And of course it's got the delicate fruitiness that comes from that unique method of fermentation. It's a sort of beer that I love to drink during happy hour in one of the classic San Francisco bars. And I wouldn't altogether mind if they occasionally had it as a guest beer in my local in London. Steam beer was born in America, but Anchor also produces its own interpretations of a whole range of classic European styles. I like things that are unique in their own right for a reason. So if I get interested in beer, then I want to know about the types of beer and the past histories and the, and the, and the, uh, the reasons why certain things were made the way they were. So we've tried here as a theme in our company to go back to the roots of things and to try to make beer really as simply as possible as long as it's historically valid. Anchor Steam is a business. Its beer has to survive in one of America's most competitive consumer markets. But sometimes there's a distinct whiff of utopia about the place. A strong spirit of community is fostered among the workforce. And this spirit extends beyond the walls of the brewery. Dave Morey with you at 104.5 KFOG, San Francisco's home of classic rock and roll. This is the start of a Californian pilgrimage. All right. Welcome to Brew Coven. Um, we wish we could uh, greet you guys with better news, but today is August 3rd, 2017, and we have all received news that Anchor Brewing Company out of San Francisco uh, has now sold or been acquired by Sapporo out of Japan. And uh, yeah, we're just here to discuss a little bit about what is going on and how people might feel or how a lot of us might particularly feel about such a kind of big purchase. I mean, breweries get bought up every day, but it's not every day that you see a brewery or such an influential, such an important and integral part of craft beer uh, get bought up. Um, but here we have um, the Black Cat with us tonight. It's it's Black Cat, Dark Pony. Uh, we're here just to share a little bit of thoughts about this whole purchase, um, its acquirement, how we feel about it, our experiences with Anchor in particular, just a little bit of reflection, and uh, going forward, just our thoughts on the whole process of craft beer and, and how these purchases really kind of make a big impact not only on the consumer end of things, but on the breweries who are starting up everywhere from a brewery who produces somewhere around 200 barrels annually to a brewery who's producing somewhere around 200,000 barrels annually. Um, so here we have Black Cat. How do, you, how do you feel, man? Welcome. Yeah, no, uh, good evening. Yeah, good, good evening to you. Good evening to both of us. Yeah, so with this, you know, I, I, I'm, I 
as I woke up this morning and just kind of was browsing, you know, the first thing I did was, you know, saw my phone and saw I had a few notifications and looked at those notifications and right around one of those I saw that, you know, it was acquired and I, I thought I read it wrong. I wasn't sure what I really read and I clicked on it and saw that, yeah, they were acquired and, and immediately texted you and, and our other friends that are within the brew coven um, and most, oh, all of you already knew as well, but I was, I was at a shock. This was like, you know, early AM, but, uh, yeah, no, it just can't, I mean, like you said, breweries get bought up all the time. It happens. It sucks, but it happens. Um, but you don't expect to see an influential brewery like that getting, you know, snatched up, you know, snatched up like that. And it's, uh, yeah, it takes, it takes you completely off guard. It's not like, uh, anyone prepares for it or, you know, there's hints at it or anything it's just one day it's there and the next it's really not anymore so yeah it's a a weird weird take on it yeah definitely a, a rough one for a lot of us um i lived in the bay area a good sin of time uh personally uh honestly anchor was a big influence for me uh, anchor did a lot for me in this industry Living in Texas is one of the very first beers I acquired as a beer buyer, working a very small operation um, in North Texas region. Going back home and, and really delving into craft beer, uh, Anchor's Christmas beer was one of the very first beers I purchased out of Feldman's, the very first kind of pioneer bottle shop for craft beer in South Texas. Uh, and, and bringing that home and, and just having a very nice quality uh, Christmas ale for the first time, you know, getting used to all these weird nutty, very fruity beers, and then having something kind of spice with, with things like spruce tips and, and all sorts of different spices and having this whole really unique plethora of flavor profiles and aromatics brought to me through a single beer and such a beautiful label design and such a beautiful illustration done by Jim Stitt that I was just blown away, uh, from the very get go. Um, Strangely enough, I found my way in the San Francisco Bay Area. I lived out there, um, did a, a, a glorious tour out there of, of the brewing facility. I was very much fortunate to go and actually see uh, the brew house sitting on Petrero Hill, go check out the vessels, meet, and, and actually over the years become quite acquainted with a lot of the folks who run that facility and run the beer and, and had the opportunity to meet and sit down with Fritz Maytag himself and talk to him and and, and have embrace and share ideas on craft beer and it, it, it literally for me personally for the dark pony molded my perspective on craft beer and it, it was quite quite an awesome and an amazing experience to have and and to see things shift as they have uh, here within the last five years but here obviously within the last several hours and, and, and almost 24 now as we sit here talking about it uh, just seeing how things have changed and how much of an impact things are, are making on us. So, Black Cat, do you know exactly how much Anchor took, you know, what the, the amount was by yeah. chance? So right now I'm looking uh, here on uh, Market Watch. So it was uh, 80, $85 million. Large, large amount of money. Um, large. Very large, yeah. But, but relatively speaking... You know, we have breweries like Bowles Point, who's formed in 1996 out of a homebrew shop, and they are able to sell for $1 billion. Yeah, a little over a billion dollars. Uh, 
kind of mind-boggling to think, right? You know, just yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it, I <clears throat> I don't deal with the you know the obviously deal with the, the buying of other craft breweries and all that. So I'm sure there's lots of ins and outs there. Uh, but yeah, no, it is it is almost confusing. It, it seems unfair. It's like if if, if Ballast Point by by no means wasn't a bad brewery at all, <clears throat> but if they got picked up with that, you would just you know. I, I'm sure people were scouring, just looking through the internet to find out how much they sold for. Was it over a billion? Was it two billion? You know, giving that you know a, a billion dollars picked up Ballast Point and millions of dollars go to other breweries. You know, people were thinking, oh well, you know that such an influential brewery like 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 Anchor, uh, you know, had to have been picked up for for so much more. You know, a ton of money, and which eighty five million yeah, we're still. We're talking hundred twenty years of, of craft beer. Yeah, handed down and and. A little interesting note, for those of you guys who aren't familiar with the audio you heard early on in the episode, um, that was, in fact, uh, the Beer Hunter episode that a lot of us in craft beer have so well remember by Michael Jackson interviewing Fritz Maytag himself, discussing steam beer, discussing Anchor's uh, you know, build and, and, and the survival of steam beer in California, more importantly in San Francisco, and it's just like a really special thing to take note of and listen to and just kind of it reminds all of us it reminds from craft brewers and craft distillers anyone who's out there doing something different doing something home and personal to their location to their area and taking pride in that it reminds us to really reflect back on on why we do what we do every day, why we wake up in the morning, why we're thrilled to be where we are. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, something like, like craft beer, it's, it's tough in these times to really sit back and look at what we're doing, selling a beer, brewing a beer, uh, talking and discussing about beer while we're having so much people who've literally, and you can't blame some of them, you know, some of them have put in day in, day out, very little income, very little, you know, revenue, and and finally get an offer that's just unbeatable. You know that 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 offer could change their lives forever. But however, here we are, you know, in a time where we're we're some of us educators, some of us just pure enthusiasts drinking and and trying to be thrilled and trying to be a hundred percent behind what we're doing and what we're we're backing and and and. And just hoping that we can continue consuming quality, grandiose product. And, and we have companies like AB InBev. We have uh, larger conglomerates that have been around for years, whether it be nationally or worldwide, that have just come in and stepped in and, and, and are more capable to handle the financial situations that a brewery might be not so much willing to deal with at this point in time. You know, Some people grow tired. Some people are unable. Some people you know, might not have as much relevancy as they might have had. You know, Anchor in this particular case might not be as relative as it was back in the 70s, back when Fritz was really just churning things out and getting things ready for craft beer to blossom, introducing things like open fermentation to Ken Grossman and and, and really just kind of pushing the envelope. And here we are today, 2017, and things have changed quite a bit. It, uh, it's it's still just kind of all over the place. Like like I, I was speaking to you earlier, I was speaking to a few others. Well, yeah, must have been a week ago we were talking about. Uh, you know, I think 
forget what it was about. I think it was like the recent acquisition earlier this year, Wicked Weed, and uh, we were talking about the buyouts of of other breweries and and some that are you know by again Wicked Weed produced some great beers, but I know nowhere near as influential as as uh, as Anchor Steam, and I'm I'm sure anyone would agree with that. So you know when we're talking about this, it's like okay, we could see this brewery not selling out, but you know it's, it doesn't surprise it's not not as big a surprise. So we were talking about breweries that we could see selling out, um, possibly, even if there was a good a good enough offer, and and uh, and breweries that we were just like, no, that's not gonna happen. That's never gonna happen. That's you know we're gonna we're gonna be in our deathbed, and that brewery's still gonna be a craft brewery. And Anchor Steam was like among, amongst the top of those. Um, and so yeah, today was just like it was almost like a joke. Like the people we were talking to kind of posted that as a joke. And after reading, I was like, oh crap. And then like, I got message all y'all and. No joke at all. <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Super funky. But we roll with the punches. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on that note, I mean, what we really want to touch base on is how we feel about these acquisitions. How do we feel about the sale and, and purchases of these breweries and, you know, how it affects us, how it affects you guys, the listeners, what as consumers or as fellow, you know, workers in this industry, how... how how do you and how do we feel about these acquisitions? Um, I don't know. I, I, I sit back and I've seen these things come and go. And I I personally have never would have thought Anchor would have ended up in quite this particular situation. I've seen it. I saw paths that could have led in that direction. But I still was hesitant to believe it. Um, but... I don't know. What do you think, Black Cat? I mean, we, you know, Wicked Weed was another one. It's like, you know, we, we pride ourselves in kind of the innovation of things, and we are another generation of craft beer drinkers that are now literally kind of pioneering a whole world of our own. How, how do you feel these breweries are looking at the world from their, from their perspective? How do you feel like they are looking at things, and how do you find that they're relative or maybe not relative or? thinking about I, things in that realm. I, I think from like going I, again I like I don't have full insight of this I don't have my own company I so I most certainly have not sold my company but I can only see it that they're thinking of it from a total business standpoint like it, you know it started off as their, their their passion their craft I'm sure no one started a, a brewery just for money like I'm gonna start a brewery for money no one start no one starts a brewery like that um, so I'm sure they they started with their passion you know that, that was the first thing Um and they just kind of grew with it, and they, I guess, you know, they slowly just started seeing it as a as a business opportunity, uh, where they, their 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 passion grew and grew and grew, and not necessarily just stopped or stayed went stagnant or anything. Just it, they found a, a business a business opportunity that that ultimately would either give them more opportunities later on in the future, or they were just happy and content where they were at right there, and and let someone else take over it. Um, and again, just a, a business plan. Like, hey, I, I have this, I have this model here, and you can, you know, give me X amount, and we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, right, or it's, or it's my, it's my grapefruit sculpin that that you love. Yeah. Is this what you want? Is this the empire you want to build? Yeah. Is it worth one billion dollars? Apparently, to some, it is. Yeah. And uh, and <clears throat> I know there's like fights all over the place. You know, like oh, they're still the same old company and. You'll you'll hear that back and forth on forums, on 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 groups, on you know everywhere. You're gonna find you know like oh I'm I'm done with them and 
and you know like oh i'm still going to support them and and oh they won't change they will change and you know it's it's kind of like a remains to be seen for a lot of a lot of a lot of things still in some places and and some people that have sold i can you can kind of tell already like the direction they have, they're going after they've sold to certain you know to certain uh, conglomerates and certain big bigger entities bigger parties um i'm hoping that doesn't go this way but you know there's <clears throat> I'm, I'm usually always on the fence about it uh like you know when 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 breweries you know sell so like the same with ballast point i love i loved a handful of their beers when they sold I wasn't actively going out of my way to get their beers anymore, and some of their newer variants they placed out were not what I loved about them. They weren't anywhere near as like, oh my, I'm gonna hoard a case of you know a case of this. You might think they might be playing more of the market field. I, right? I I definitely I definitely think some some going that way definitely. Uh, the sculpin variants. And the sculpin variants. I mean, like regular sculpin, fantastic, grapefruit, awesome. Then some of the other ones would it seemed like they were just shortcutted so much at and. I know, I'm pretty sure that there's a, there's a role played in that from from what they went to. Uh, not sure exactly where, but you know, I, I feel that definitely does happen, and that's why a lot of people were kind of just like you know I'm staying away. And of course, also like oh, from the Lamarins, you know, no longer craft brewery, not part of what we support, what we do, what we want. So people stay away from that, and I can see really both sides of uh, you know both sides of that tale there. Right. So something I want to just discuss really quick. Anchor did sell shares it's not like they're you know by definition and completely acquired it's a different kind of purchase but this being said and in the way the market is kind of revolving around beer these days is just we're gearing up for a big monster it seems like no one is content with making x amount of money they they want more and more and more no one wants to be okay with being like look we're going to do the same relative thing and find relevancy as the times change, roll with punches and do little things to help ourselves remain relative. But we're we're willing to just completely flip a lid and be something different. We look at Anchor now, and they have um, beers that over twenty years ago you probably never thought they would have been brewing. You know, beers that they're no longer pioneering, but beers that they're actually you know almost mimicking or or trying to remain relative. They've thrown fruit in their beer. They've they've done. You know, hop infused late edition beer, like you know, they've done they've done extract editions. They've they they pride themselves on whole. I mean, they've done a lot, and it, it's as much as we love Steam Porter Liberty, the first IPA ever be produced. It's it's a trip to think that you know a brewery like that needs to remain relative. But in a city like San Francisco in the Bay Area, you are competing with some of the most high end beer and 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 most innovative beer models that exist. So I like to reflect back on the days of old. We look at Germany. We look at Belgium. You look at Cantillon. You look at the Schneider family. You look at Schoenrammer. You look at Bellens, Koenig. You look at all these breweries. Uh, I mean, we could look at some of the Trappist Hale breweries out in Belgium. I mean, yes, they've been around for a hell of a long time. But what has not budge with them and a lot of other even smaller breweries that are even older and more relative in, in their homeland is that they do what they do and they do it well and they'll never change that model and I feel like that is the future of America I feel like we are all going to find our niche you'll go in the Pacific Northwest you'll find the best fresh hop IPAs you'll find the best IPAs that are dry hop with the best clean 
farm to table hop crop you can get. And then you'll go off and you'll find something in the Midwest where they're brewing phenomenal beers all month forward and you're looking at things like that. Then you go down south or you go to the East Coast, you might find that haze niche that still happens to find relevancy out there because people are so accustomed to it. I feel like the Americas have yet to develop their realm and their, and their kind of uh, contract with topography or their contract with our physical demographic and what we have available to make quality beer. Beer is like wine and, and every other thing. It's defined by the resources we have in our regions. And yes, we can replicate those things any time of the year because of our ability to temp control and provide different ingredients at different time. And But I think things will change. And I think that as long as you and as long as you and I sit here and drink beer, there's always going to be a time for something new and something different to happen. And we're always going to be interested and intrigued in that. And I think there's something to be said about that. And that is my hope and aspiration and my drive and continue to see craft beer flourish despite the things that have brought us to where we are to discuss this even to begin discussing this but to look back and, and think wow there's something still innovative and still something exciting happening within beer that has got us excited in the first place that's a unique take on it to see and hope for beer to be not necessarily a regional thing but like you said i mean Yakima Valley, you know, hop heaven over here, and just a very hop forward beer here. Really multi stuff <clears throat> in the Midwest, and exactly going with your resources or what you're known for, and just sticking with that. So basically, flourishing by almost under flourishing yourself. So instead of doing, you know, every style that you can possibly think of, sticking with something that's already well known and, and readily available to do the best of the best in your area, um, like and like everything you've cited before. So places like Cantillon and, and what they're doing, you know, they, and they're not going to change. You're not going to see them make a hazy IPA anytime soon. They're going to keep doing what they're doing, and that's what's keeping them around really forever. Um, so, yeah, that's a really unique take on it. haven't really thought of it in those exact terms, but yeah. that's something to it's think of now. It's just relativity, yeah. you know, and it's like, yes, are you in this to make money? Are you in this to make a business and turn it out and, and come up in the world? We all want to come up in the world. Or are you in this to really make your mark? really be talked about for years, for centuries, for millennium to come, about how you changed beer, how you made beer different. How did you make a difference in beer? And, and you know what? That's not for everyone. There's great beer, and people are destined to do great things with beer, and you don't have to do that. And that's fine, because beer is fun, and it's approachable, and we love that about beer. It's not this big old high and mighty glorified thing. However... It's beer, and like art, and like everything else, you can find a way to make it relative to you. It's, it's, I don't need that high-end module of, of this or that. I don't need every consumer on the market drinking my beer, but I have my niche. I have the people who drink it. I found my relativity. I'm going to sustain myself, and I'm going to see myself live out through the ages. And, and, and you know what? There's a lot of beautiful things, and... I've met Fritz, and hats off to you if you ever listen to this, Fritz, and, and thank you for everything you've done to contribute and 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 really just educate. More importantly, I, I want to thank you for the education you've provided for all of us um, in beer and Anchor, more importantly, for throwing it back so hard to such classic styles um, without 
that for me personally, I think, I don't know where I would have been. I might have picked up beer in a different way. Um, however, education has always been a strong point for me. I feel um, beer is an approachable thing and it's for everyone, but I, I honestly believe that there are breweries and there are people, more importantly, there are people and, and hearts and minds that are going to contribute to the great notion of beer and, and really set a footmark. Not because they're doing what's appealing in the market at that time, but because they were able to produce quality, great beer. And and you know what? For all you guys who are scared of AB InBev and Miller Coors and the big conglomerates, there's something to be said about that. They made their mark, and their, their stain or their footprint on this earth will forever be recognized throughout history. And you got to sit back and think about that for a minute. They did what they did, and they, they worked hard at it years ago. And yes, it's it's a stifling thing for a lot of us in this industry. However, they did it. They made their footmark. They're, they're, you can't erase what they did. It's time to create new things and, and be more relative. And what better way to do that than set your own pace and set your own footmark and, and create your own mark on this earth? It's not easy, and it's not going to provide a lucrative format for a lot of people to say themselves, but like art and like many things people make sacrifices for, at what point do you decide, hey, this is worth it? Or at this point, it's like, hey, I'm going to throw the towel in, take what you need, let's grow this thing beyond conceivability, and make this something different. Put. Weird note to lend. Weird note to end it on. However, <laughs> um, I personally felt we needed to make commentary on this particular situation, yeah. and, and we do plan on having a, a awesome yeah. anchor bash a yeah, bottle was, share. Yeah, We're yeah, gonna keep this was, fun and yeah. Discussed earlier that we wanted to do, you know to to bring it up immediately, you know, as it's still breaking news and still upsetting news and still news in general, um, but we. A lot of our anchor beers are kind of scattered, so rather than having a share, we'll have a share just here in a few days and drink, and, and again, come back to this to this point, and with more other, you know, Boy Scout will be in here, and a few others will be in here to give their insight on the whole on the whole issue, and and we'll get to talk about anchor beer and our first times having anchor beers, or if we remember those times. And we uh, got some verticals of some Christmas beers that are definitely going to be showcased, so, I mean... We're going to drink some Anchor Beer and have a good time. We're going to drink Anchor Beer, talk Anchor Beer, and remember Anchor Beer. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anchor Soul. Sapporo's acquired. Uh, Times are changing. What are you going to do about it? Thanks for listening to Brew Coven. Uh, This was more of a news segment than anything else, which is a little different, but we appreciate you guys sitting here and listening. Um, Let us know how you feel. I mean, on any outlet, either Instagram or Twitter or through email, anything. Let us know how you feel about it, and you know what side you're on. How you feel about, you know, the acquisition of of Anchor Brewing and or any other of your favorite breweries possibly that have been acquired uh, over over recent times. So yeah, let us know. Reach out to us. Love to hear it. I'm sure a bunch of you guys have a scattered variety of opinions, and none of them are wrong, and all of them are right. So we we look forward to hearing from you guys. Uh, thank you for listening to Brew Coven. This is Dark Pony, and this is the Black Cat. And we are signing out.
Y'all have a good night. Cheers.